Miracy. So I put my hand on my heart and I take a breath. Like I just noticed I could sense some judgment coming up, right? I just take a breath and I just kind of take a step back from like energetically, just kind of take a step back from the conversation a little bit and kind of ground myself. And yeah, that's what kind of helps reset me. Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped over 50,000 entrepreneurs in creating their own profitable coaching businesses. In this podcast, I want to look at difficult coaching conversations together with other coaches that I've invited. We all have a sense that emotions have the power to make or break us, but when we, as coaches, work with and understand emotions as a tool to guide our clients to connect with who they are, they'll be better equipped to move forward. In this episode, I'm gonna explore challenging and heavy emotions and focusing especially on shame. To truly connect with our clients, we have to use our emotional and empathic abilities and know enough about our own emotions to be able to identify theirs. If not, you won't be able to communicate effectively. And I've invited a colleague who has worked a lot with shame. It's one of Miracy's ACES coaches, Brandy Chase. Brandy is a certified coach and coaches entrepreneurs at Miracy. She believes that we can grow into stronger people even through hard times. Through coaching, owning her own business, raising a family, fighting cancer, and overcoming a messy childhood, she has found a way to create positive change in all areas of her life and wants to share that with everyone. Welcome, Brandy. Thanks, Melinda. I am so excited that you're here, and I'm excited to go deep on this topic today. But before we do that, would you mind sharing a little bit of your background with our listeners? Yeah, so I actually owned my own real estate business. I had a real estate service business for about five years. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, I started really rethinking my path and what I was doing. And what I was doing there just felt kind of flat. And so I had a coach while I was sick that really helped support me through the process and helped me work through a lot of things. And so when I was better and started thinking about where I wanted to go next in my business, every time I tried to go back to work in the business, I just had no energy for it. I was kind of just done, kind of burnt out. So I sold that business in 2019 and decided to coach full-time. And I just plowed right into coaching. And I started coaching people one-to-one. I loved to work with women and really help them get out of their own way. So yeah, I went straight into that and I had lots of energy. And I really am one of those people that you tell me what I need to do and I'll just go do it. And so when I came into coaching and I did that, and then all of a sudden I started just running out of gas, (laughs) like everything started to feel hard and I started running out of ideas and I started running out of steam around where I was going. As a result, how did that start to impact your business? I started withdrawing. I started pulling myself back. I stopped putting myself out there. I started questioning myself. (laughs) I started really just wondering, um, you know, what was I doing? And it just felt like, it felt like everybody was watching, like all of my old colleagues, like all of the people that used to work for me. And, you know, from the outside, it looked like I was a success. 
when I was showing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people listening in, I know I can, but I think a lot of people listening in can relate to that for sure. Now, today we're going to talk about this topic called shame, which, you know, it can be a pretty heavy emotion. It's one of the toughest emotions for us to deal with and tends to stop people in their tracks. But let's begin with the definition. Like, how would you define shame? Oh, I... I feel like shame is like this dark cloud that kind of comes over you and just makes you want to shrink down in the corner and hide. (laughs) Yeah, it's that lingering heaviness. That's how I describe it is there's a heaviness to it. Finding yourself wrong or others judging you and finding you wrong. And then shame is kind of the reaction to that. Now, people will often mix up guilt and shame. How do you define guilt? Like, what's the difference between those two? Well, guilt is, you know, I've done something wrong and shame is more like there's something wrong with me. I'm wrong. I'm bad is what comes to mind for me for that. Yeah. It's the reaction to is I am wrong. There's something wrong with me. It's often an internal storyline, an internal dialogue that we have, whether it's, you know, there's some times where it's a cultural conditioning that's been going on for generations and it's stories that our parents have told and their parents have told, and we can go see the lineage of this. And sometimes it's something that happens in our current life. But why do you think it's so hard for people to talk about and deal with shame? Probably because not everybody is talking about shame and dealing with shame. I think it's not something that, you know, you just go to your colleagues and say, oh, I just feel really shameful because (laughs) I'm not successful. You know what I mean? Or, Or whatever the story is, like how I felt when that was happening in my business. Now, you mentioned that earlier, and I don't know if this is what you felt, so correct me if I'm wrong. You talked about, you know, on the outside, your colleagues and other people were looking at you and they saw success. They're like, oh, she's so successful. But on the inside, you know, some of the things that you described, like you weren't clear what you wanted to do, or you were getting really tired and running out of energy, or there was a lot of doubt going on internally. Was shame part of that or completely unrelated? I really was trying to prove something. And so the fact that, you know, I'm this person that can make things happen. And for some reason, I just felt like I wasn't able to make this happen. And so, um, yeah, I think shame was a huge part of that. It was like, oh my gosh, what have I done? (laughs) You know, I've jumped off this cliff and now what? And why aren't things easy like they were with my old business? Why does this feel harder? Yeah. And I think that comes from being in coaching and wanting to do more life coaching, more personal type work. Like it feels so personal, you know, it's like you're putting your heart out there to serve others. Now, why do you find shame fascinating and important? I think it interests me so much because it used to strangulate me (laughs) in my life and it still likes to show up, but I think it was in my way so much that it just fascinates me, like how it can get in my way, how it shows up and Yeah. I think the more we know and understand about our emotions and the more we know and understand about ourselves, then the more we're able to navigate through those things instead of glossing over them like we like to and really be able to actually move through them. Yeah. Like truly knowledge is power. For sure. And so when do you see shame show up in coaching sessions? Have you noticed a pattern with your clients or anything like that? I have noticed a pattern. I think it can come up in different places. It's like when the comparing comes in and the thinking they should be somewhere they're not, 
yeah, anytime we're stepping out of we're here right now, this is where we're at and this is what we're dealing with and this is where we're going, you know, and we get anywhere outside of that. then I think those feelings start to creep up that, you know, not good enough and shame and things like that. Yeah. One of my favorite coaching tools, I don't know if this is officially a coaching tool or skill, but I call it that listening to what's not being said, right? So when we're in coaching sessions, we hear what they're saying to us, or if we're on Zoom or in person, we might even read body language, or there's other cues if we're not in person that we can pick up on, right? But when we can listen underneath or listen to what's not being said, that can often tell us what's really happening with this client. And I find that when I have that kind of, for me, it's more like just a curiosity. It's like, wait, what's really going on is usually how it sounds in my head. And there's just this funny nudge inside of me. It's like, wait, something is, something else is going on here. I've learned to not try to figure it out because that's not my job as the coach, but I've learned to listen to that cue from myself and just bring that into the coaching conversation to say, I sense that there's something else going on. What's really happening behind if they're comparing with somebody or they're, as I call it, shooting all over themselves or not completing stuff or getting distracted, whatever, whatever those patterns are, just to ask that question, what's really going on? Sometimes that's just enough of a nudge to have that be brought up. Maybe it's not. Have you had any kind of experience or is there a way that you work with your clients when you see shame servicing or have kind of a hint of it? Yeah, I love that question. What's really going on? And I just like to get really curious about what really happened for their week. And so we have to uncover different things. But yeah, I think just to get really curious and and make sure my own taskmaster doesn't get in the way because I have a really big taskmaster in me that's like, okay, (laughs) we're going to do the thing, right? And make sure that doesn't get in the way. I can kind of push that part of myself to the side so that I don't help put the shame on them, right? It's like, okay, there's no judgment here, but let's just get really curious. Like what happened this week? I think that's really important. Like if you've got your own skills and abilities, like for you, it's the taskmaster, right? It's like, whoa, hold on. Who's running the show here? Is the coach in charge or somebody else in charge? So making sure we've got the right hat on to have that dialogue with our clients. And then always with coaching, get curious, no judgment, just get curious. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you have a specific process if you start to sense shame coming up? Is there a process that you take your clients through once you start getting curious? Yeah. If I notice, I mean, obviously it depends on the person. Like if I notice they're hurting, like I like to just usually put my hand on my heart and just be there with them in that moment and not try to like rush them through or anything like that and just offer some listening and, you know, really just be there with them in that moment. and. Sometimes it's okay to ask questions, I think, or dig in a little deeper. And sometimes they just need to like let all of that out. And it's like, I notice when I do that, they have all this wisdom inside of them already. It just starts pouring out, right? As I'm just sitting there listening. So yeah, and then label it if we can, if they're able to do that, if they can name what's coming up and understand that they are worthy. And, you know, sometimes we're not going to have good weeks and sometimes we're not going to do the thing. (laughs) And sometimes there's a reason and sometimes there's not, and it's all okay. Yeah. Just that permission. It's all okay. You can be exactly where you are right now. It's okay. Yeah. Now, if you get triggered, like if that taskmaster starts to show up or you get triggered by your client's shame when they start going into, you know, whatever's going on or 
whatever emotion is coming up for your clients. Do you have any tips on how a coach could navigate that? Like, what do you do? Yeah, for sure. I go back to my heart, right? So I put my hand on my heart and I take a breath. Like I just notice I could sense some judgment coming up, right? I just take a breath and I just kind of take a step back from like energetically, just kind of take a step back from the conversation a little bit and kind of ground myself. And yeah, that's what kind of helps reset me. So I'm not in that judger or the taskmaster or any of my other parts that might want to come run the show during a coaching session. Yeah. Do you do anything after the coaching session is over when the clients, you know, you're not on Zoom or you're not on the line with them anymore? Or is that process, you know, when you ground yourself, are you good and you can keep moving? Or is there residual work that we need to do as coaches after a session? Yeah, I'm not as good about that as I wish I was because sometimes, you know, we have back-to-back calls or, you know, I might need a snack. (laughs) Yeah, I try to be mindful of that. That's one of the things that I'll do. I mean, just the simplest thing, like you even said in your process, taking a breath, like that right there can reset you. But the shaking where you just kind of shake your hands, shake your shoulders, just kind of shake that out. And then I am a big advocate for send a message to your coach because everybody listening, if you're coaches, you better have a coach. Like you have to walk your talk. And at least that's my opinion. And it doesn't even have to be that you work through it. Maybe you do in an upcoming session, but just to send a message to your coach, it's like coughing up a fur ball. You kind of get it out, it's gone, and then you can keep moving. But we don't want to keep that pent up because we have no idea where it'll show up down the road. Now, do you have any suggestions on how to learn how to detect and work with shame with their clients? I would just say the more that we can be aware and with our own feelings, whether it be shame or anything, the more capable we're going to be able to see that in other people and be able to work with it. I don't think I've ever met a coach that's able to, you know, help identify these things and help people be with those things if they don't allow themselves to be with them either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have the phrase massive compassion, like because we go through our own journeys and those dark moments and doing the work like you described, it helps us to have that massive compassion for our clients so that we can get curious without judgment. So we can have the empathy. So We can walk beside them at whatever pace is right for them. And it's beautiful. Like we have to do the work ourselves so that we can support those around us to do it as well. Yes. And that's just what's so beautiful about it all. You can really be there with them when you can relate to that too. I think it's really beautiful. Let me ask you this. Sometimes when I am working with the client And we start going down this path, whether it's shame or other emotions, and we're getting curious. And then these stories start coming up. And the next thing I know, I'm talking with somebody and there's a traumatic event or something occurred in their life. And it's like the ripple effect is what we're experiencing now. And they haven't really looked at that thing in their life or explored it. Do you believe that coaches can explore that with their clients? Do they need to refer them to somebody else? Like what's the best way to handle it when we start uncovering, when we're getting curious and uncovering stuff? How do we handle that as coaches? Mm, That's a good question. I would say it really depends on the client. As a coach, we're not therapists. And so we can't really go back and do that back work. I think sometimes it's like a tiny thread of like they link it together and they're able to move forward. And sometimes it's not a tiny thread. (laughs) It's a whole spool of thread. And um, yeah, definitely don't want to touch any of that. 
And yeah, I would definitely refer at that point that they get other support. And I think like on that subject is make sure they're finding the support in a therapist too, right? They should also be doing their own work and finding a skilled therapist to help move through those heavy items too, I think is important. Yeah. And I love that. I don't think it has to be an either or like, oh my gosh, you have to be done with me and now go. It could be, we can keep working on our stuff. And is there a therapist? Is there a trauma coach or whoever the right person is that you're working with in conjunction that's trained in that area? So I think as coaches, it's important to be mindful of where's our skill set, where's our training and really holding those boundaries so we can serve the clients. So let's flip the coin for a minute. Like, does shame have a healthy or positive side to it? I would say for myself, yes, because shame has taught me how to love myself. When I started this journey, like it was relationship stuff. My son was 13. He went to go live with his dad. And I really felt like I completely failed as a person. And had that shame not been there to make me feel so terrible, I don't know that I would have gotten the help that I needed to move through it. And it's really just guided me to the help and it guided me to this work and it guided me to loving myself. And I just couldn't be more grateful for that. It's weird as it sounds. Yeah. No, it doesn't sound weird. It sounds beautiful. And I think in those kinds of moments, it helps us to find courage. It helps us to find vulnerability and transparency, which I think as coaches, it's, I mean, those are some of our greatest superpowers right there. Because when we can lead with those things, we give permission to others to do the same and our clients to have that permission to go there so that they can get curious and move forward in the midst of whatever's coming up in their life, no matter how fun or delightful or heavy or dark it might be, they can keep moving forward. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's summarize because we've really looked at a lot about this topic called shame. And so I want to just summarize a few things that we've talked about today. First of all, we define shame as kind of that dark cloud where we want to shrink and hide, where we feel something is wrong with us, whether it's our own internal dialogue or somebody else having judgment and finding us wrong about something, which is different from guilt. Like guilt is I did something wrong, but shame is I feel wrong. And, you know, really it's hard to talk about this topic because we're not taught to talk about it. It's just been in the recent years that people are really diving into this. And we've got some incredible advocates in a lot of different industries that are starting to dive into this topic. But when shame comes up, it's an opportunity to check in with ourselves first and say, what am I making up about myself that's making me feel bad right now? And then the follow-up question, is that true? Or is it true anymore? Maybe it once was true, but it's not true anymore. And then to really look when it comes up for our clients, what's not being said, to get curious without any judgment and to ask what's really going on here. Right. And I love when Brandy talked about to make sure our own taskmasters or any other personas, whoever they may be, aren't showing up to take over for our clients, but that they're in check so that we can really hold space for our clients. And if we get triggered during a session by our client's shame or other dark emotions that might surface, to put your hand on your heart, to take a deep breath, to acknowledgement, oh, there's judgment coming up, to take an energetic step back and to ground yourself, however that is for you. Maybe it's afterwards, maybe you need to clear the energy, walk outside, shake, certainly message your coach, cough up that fur ball, 
right? Also, I love that we looked at the positive side of shame and had your beautiful, tender story that it really, when you can navigate this, like it taught Brandy, you taught how to love yourself. It can reveal your hidden skills and talents that you may not know have existed. And it can help us tap into our courage and transparency and vulnerability to have massive compassion for ourselves and therefore for our clients. Brandy, do you have any parting words that you want to share with our listeners? I would just say, be gentle with yourself. And thank you for having me. Mm, Thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. Brandy, thank you so much for this important and wonderful conversation about shame that may arise in our clients or even with ourselves. And you can find out more about Brandy at serenimity.com. That's S-E-R-E-N-I-M-I-T-Y.com. You can also find her at the Mirror Seat team page or connect with her on LinkedIn. You can also check the show notes for the links. Brandy, thank you so much for coming to the show. Melinda, thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Miracy FM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab, where you can learn about course design and in the show, Making It, listening to online entrepreneurs share business lessons. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode, and Danny Innie is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. To catch future episodes that are coming up on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to get these ideas to more people. If you have a question for Just Between Coaches, put the show title in the subject line and send it to podcasts at miracy.com. That's podcasts, plural, at miracy, M-I-R-A-S-E-E.com. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. 
Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode. 